we're going to talk about Hulk, the 2008 sequel. Well, it's not really a sequel to Iron Man. It's a follow-on to Iron Man, and Barry's back. Hey, you're back. I said I'd introduce you, or else I'd probably end up just talking endlessly about Hulk. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get caught up in the semantics of what what is and isn't a sequel in uh, in, in quote-unquote cinematic universes, yeah. Yeah, because I think even technically this is considered a, a loose sequel to Hulk 2003. Is it really? I think that's what it was envisaged as. Oh, okay, yeah, at some at some stage along the way. Because I think they, I think that's why they kind of dispose of the whole like backstory at the very start. It's just like, yeah, he's Hulk now. Yeah, that was actually that was one of the first things because I, I I've already seen this film once previously. I rewatched it yesterday in preparation for this, and that's actually the first thing that jumped out at me. I completely forgot about it. Uh, yeah, they they like roll the the origin story essentially like into the credits almost. Yeah, it's just like a quick little montage. I feel like that's one of the tough. Uh, one of the tough conundrums of not just MCU, but uh, all modern superhero films that are uh, revisiting established characters. Like, you know, Batman gets reinvented every couple of years and so on. Spider-Man is a really great example. It's like, you have to ask yourself the question, do you redo the origin story five or so films into a character's film history? It's tough because basically kind of what you're asking yourself is, uh, is, is this character enough of a cultural icon that we don't have to keep saying this? Which is a, a tough thing to measure. I, I guess I guess for Hulk, this was a solid guess. I, I think most people know the gist of the setup. He gets shot with radiation and he's a big green monster now. You don't, you don't really need to explain it that often, do you? And he has a, and there's a lady involved who he likes. And that's that's kind of it. Yeah. It's the same with, it's the same with Spider-Man. It's like, how many times do you need to say with great power comes great responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. We got to watch Uncle Ben die every time, you know. Yeah. Watch poor Martin Sheen die this time, and, and I'm sure they'll have an Uncle Ben of some sort in the, the the Tom Holland films. They just probably will do it in flashback in film three or something. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they've said on the record they're not doing origin story for this one, which is neat. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'd put money on some variety of flashback or, or illusion or something like that. It's, it's going to be in there, almost certainly. So this one, they, they, they gave it the, the lip service and then they just jumped straight in, which I which I did appreciate. Yeah, I actually like the first kind of half hour, 40 minutes of this film most. The whole Brazil stuff where he's just kind of in hiding, trying to keep the Hulk subdued. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think so. So when I when I initially watched this film, I think I fell asleep the first time I watched this film. <laughs> and I, I came away with it with a pretty negative impression. Uh, last night, honestly, I was, I was actually, you know, reasonably, uh, I, I was fairly positive on it having, having wrapped it up. But my my big uh, my big takeaway was yeah I, I liked the er, the early establishing stuff thought they did a good job establishing you know Bruce Banner the character and and showing him as this just hardworking well-meaning guy who's who you know doesn't just want to keep the the Hulk stuff suppressed but like really actively trying just doing his absolute best to to keep things under uh, uh, keep things under wraps as best he could not even looking for like control he's trying to cure it yeah. Right, right. So yeah, I think they did a, a great job establishing that, and uh, I, I thought the finale was also uh, uh, pretty cool as well, but it, it just kind of lost me somewhere, I think, in the middle. I, I, I'm i not really big on the whole Hulk-Betty kind of melodrama, I guess, for lack of a better term. It's it's never really grabbed me. I'm, I'm kind of more interested in the internal conflict, and obviously the, the, the great action that, that comes with the, with the Hulk. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm not a big Liv Tyler guy, so you know she's she's not really in the film for the first half hour, and then she's in it a lot from then on. So uh, 
definitely, it's definitely start. Trailer show at one stage. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's a uh, it's a it's a strong beginning and a strong end for me. It's in, it, this was directed by Louis Letter Letterer. He's French, but his claim yeah. to fame is like the Transformer films. Oh really? Yeah, which you you don't really see much of that same DNA crossover into this, do you? No, no. I mean, this. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I mean, similarities between the two. I don't really. No, I think I think this this film kind of feels. Uh, you know, I I don't see too too much similarity between the two of them. I feel like this feel like this has a little bit more heart. Yeah, not just Jason Statham breaking things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I do like those films. Um, uh, I I think they they are fun for what they are. But uh, yeah, that, what that's an interesting um, resume because when you said his name there, I actually I have never I've never I've never heard that name before. No, he so, directed uh, Clash of the Titans as well. That was the Greek film with Liam Neeson was in that, wasn't he? I I've, I don't think I've ever heard of that. What year was that? Two thousand ten. You know, Greek gods. That kind of stuff. I have I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Was this a flop? Do you know? I've never Liam Neeson Clash of the Titans. Wow. Or was it? They made a sequel. As well, Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, Ray Fiennes was in it as well, and Sam Worthington. Jeez, maybe I've been It's possible I just, you know, I lived under a rock that year or something. But I I've remember never when Sam Worthington was a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and I suppose that was kind of that was kind of pre Liam Neeson being like the go-to action hero. Now, now that's just all he does, you know. Yeah. Um, Have you seen Now You See Me? Actually, no. He no. directed that as well. I really like that. So, what's that one about? That's the magic one with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I haven't seen that yet, but I know the sequel came out that people weren't super hot on, but I've heard good things about the original. Un- um, Unleashed with Jet Li. I like that film. This is, this is a, what a weird little resume this is. Yeah. <laughs> Another Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you can see why you'd get him to direct kind of an action film or a superhero action film. Yeah, with that with that resume, yeah. Ed Norton plays the Hulk. Yeah, the, his his one and only appearance as the Hulk. I, you know, it's hard it's hard to watch, you know, a very early MCU movie without in your own mind framing it as an MCU movie. So I didn't want to just constantly be saying, oh, well, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo. But I was just like, he, I think he's it's a solid, fine performance. Nothing nothing really bad about it. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I like Ed Norton. But uh, it, it, it's just kind of tough to. I, I really just think Mark Ruffalo just nails it, and I uh, yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's fine. But I, I I didn't watch this coming away feeling like oh we're really missing out by not getting more you know, of this you know Ed Norton. Yeah, it, like it, it is hard not to compare him to Mark Ruffalo because like when Mark Ruffalo just pops up in the Avengers, it's like you're everything this character should be. Yeah, and he then even... you watch Ed Norton, and Ed Norton is fine. But like he doesn't get the kind of tortured side of it quite right, and even like some of the comedy doesn't land. Yeah, it's just uh, just 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 reshoot this film with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, just like digitally alter it. You know, you can you could do that. Technology is amazing. You know, when when Paul Walker died, they did that with Fast Seven, and yeah, you get you know get that uh, get that Hayden Christensen uh, you know Return <laughs> of the Jedi tech in there. Uh, or like, sure or you if you look at Civil War, they made Robert Downey Jr. look like a twenty-year-old. Surely they can oh, fit someone else into man. this film. That was creepy. My God, I I was like, the tech was good enough just that I didn't immediately twig what was going on. But I just remember that scene. It's like, wait, what am I looking at? Are my three D glasses gone weird? This is terrifying. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's terrifying. But uh, but yeah, you know, Norton, solid. You know, I I don't have too much bad to say about him. 
Uh, it's it's with although when Lou Ferrigno is in this film, I did think to myself, oh man, Mark Ruffalo does kind of look like a less worn out Lou Ferrigno, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I can actually see or a it, compliment. <laughs> it, it, it's a compliment, you know. It's not, I don't I don't consider Mark Ruffalo a bad looking guy or Lou Ferrigno for that matter. But uh, yeah, they actually I think they look somewhat similar. Same you know same strong hair game. <laughs> yeah, th- uh, that's actually one thing I did uh, notice more in a second viewing. Obviously, so. I noticed him the first time, but also uh, early in the film, you have what sounds like a very, 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 very close approximation of the old TV show theme song yeah. from, from the moments at the end of the episode where, where Ferrigno would, would leave after destroying a tower or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't pick up that uh, pick up on that in the first viewing. But, yeah, lots of little nods here and there to the fans and, and uh, you know, which, which all the MC movie, MCU movies do have. They have their little Easter eggs and nods and winks, and they're all they're all very nice. In fact, Ferrigno actually does the grunting noises of Hulk in every MCU film. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's a nice little touch, isn't it? Yeah, it's good that he's still getting to work. After that time, he appeared on Impact. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. I mean, I, I of course you would, but I, yeah, I've never heard, I don't recall that. What year was that? That was late 2009. Really? I would, I was watching the Impact every week back then. I don't know how I, I'm sure, I'm sure if I saw a clip of it, it would jog my memory, but uh, yeah, wow. Mick Foley was on the search for Hulk Hogan. And he found the Hulk, Lou Ferrigno, instead. Oh, you know what? I do remember this. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Oh, Classic Mc... TNA skits. Mick Foley's TNA runner. How about that? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't the worst, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, talk about the actual Hulk here, not the not the, the, the racist one. Yeah. The, the, the good one. The, the pure one. But <laughs> um, what did you make of Tim Roth? Because I was kind of mixed on him. I like Tim Roth a lot as an actor, but something about him as a backflipping action hero <laughs> didn't wash with me on some level. No, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's in his wheelhouse, does it? No, no. And it, that's that's the thing about action is I think you either got it or you don't. Action isn't the pinnacle of cinema. So if, if someone, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Tim Roth sucks, obviously, because he's, he's better at a lot of other things. And he's been excellent in, in films much better than this. Yeah, it's just it just didn't look right, you know. It just it just uh, yeah, he's a charismatic guy, and he's 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 you know he's even even like take him out of the action scenes, even just his you know exposition and just all every time he spoke, it's just oh, I just don't buy this guy as as intimidating. Uh, it was it's weird, it's weird because I think I think if you're if you're making the second film in what the studio hopes is going to be a gargantuan franchise, a great actor like Tim Roth is auditioning and he gets the role. I mean, you're going to be excited, but yeah, it's just, it was, yeah, it was just very weird. I just, something about it just didn't click at me. And I, I struggled to kind of put my finger on it. I don't know if it's like that. I should expect him to just like, I don't know if it's an age thing or an accent thing or a physique thing, but just some, something about it. Just very, very odd. But you know, he's he, again, another solid part of the film. He's not bad or anything. Yeah. Cause he's playing this kind of like military powerhouse guy. Who's really just out for blood. Yeah, and that just doesn't seem like a Tim Roth kind of character, does it? No, no. Uh, or, or like if it was a char- like I could see him playing that kind of character in a Tarantino film, but with the punchline being that he's just maybe underhanded or a bit of a sneaky, you know, dick, as opposed to this film where no, he's he's an actual badass, flipping off the walls, doing all this crazy stuff, and uh, yeah, and then becoming but, yeah. a Hulk of his own, becoming a Hulk of his own. Yeah, I, I thought the. Um, that aside, I thought the action was uh, was solid, though. I thought it was a a, a decent uh, uh, array of fight scenes or what have you. 
in the, the original, at the very start of the film, that chase scene through Brazil is a cool scene. Yeah. And it built nicely to the reveal of, of Hulk while still doing so very early, which I know is a big criticism of the Ang Lee film. And they, they do kind of like some of the, the the old shortcuts so that they don't have to show Hulk in all of his CGI glory, where it's like, oh, he's in the shadows. and Yeah, it's, yeah. It's dark everywhere. I think it's natural when you uh, when you look at a film that's borderline 10 years old. Obviously, the, the, the effects are going to be aged somewhat, and they were, absolutely. But I was still impressed by some of it. I thought especially uh, the scene where, you know, Hulk and Betty are in the cave. I thought the rain effects on Hulk were... Pretty damn nice. Maybe not super convincing, but they, they looked great. I mean, it was a very striking visual. So I, say, I, th- I thought CGI held up okay for, for, for the age of the film. I, I have a theory about this film. Go on. It's my Hulk to interest theory. The more of Hulk was in this film, the less interest I had in it. Hmm... You know, the more he I, appeared, and the, especially like the the middle of the film has like the the middle action set pieces, Hulk against the military, basically. Yeah. And that one is just like, ugh. Yeah. Any anytime Hulk has to go up against humans, you're kind of like, well, he's gigantic. He should just murder them in a second. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird. And you know, the 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 abomination fight has a bit more intrigue because it's because they 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 paint it as you know he's like smarter and and, and you know bigger and stronger. But yeah, I mean, it's just like. I mean, even if the action is well choreographed, it's still just, okay, he's going to mow people down for 20 minutes here, and the, no bullets are going to affect him, and so it's like, yeah. It's, only, it's, it's, it's the Superman problem, you know. Yeah, he's just going to just slaughter everything, which is the reason I think Hulk worked a lot better than the Avengers, when it's just, like, hordes and hordes of aliens that he could just mow down, like, indiscriminately, and no one cares. I also think that, even though I did enjoy this film you know, a decent amount on a repeat viewing, it it still did just cement to me that, like you said, I I am glad that Hulk is kind of just relegated to ensemble pieces now, just because he, I just think it's it's a tough character to base a feature film around because of kind of the limitations of 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 kind of what you can do because he's a character that has all this collateral damage and you know like an old running joke about the TV show that he skips town at the end of every episode you can't really <laughs> can't really do that in a film so I I do like that he's still in the MCU but they have they have limited him and they. They use him well in the capacity they do, but he's not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they are going to do at some stage do another another one, but uh, I I do like I do like his uh, his limited role. According to Mark Ruffalo, part of the reason they are reluctant to do another Hulk film is because it was Universal Pictures that distributed this film, and I'm pretty sure they still own the distribution rights to solo Hulk films. So Disney right. are kind of reluctant to make one themselves. Yeah, well, that's and you know maybe that maybe that's for the best. You know, I mean. You know, I I think it's one of those things where their hand has been forced, but it's ultimately for the good because I just I don't know unless you're going to do a really crazy concept like something totally off the wall like Planet Hulk or something like that, which I think they're kind of merging in with a Thor film now, aren't they? Yeah, so so I mean, if you're going to do something like that, then cool. But I I don't think the world really wants another. Hulk versus the military, you know, to defend Benny's honor. I, I don't think they want another one of those. Maybe maybe for the best. I'd maybe leave that one be. But again, you know, with Disney, they like money, so... I think the most interesting thing about this film is how literally none of it matters in the broader MCU. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, none of this film exists until actually Civil War. William Hurt, who played General Ross, he showed up in Civil War. Yeah. But until then, literally none of this film existed in the universe. All, all the way down to the leading actor. Yeah, like Liv Tyler and Betty, never mentioned again. 
that's what I was trying to remember. I was like, okay, does she die here or something? Like, what? Or it's like, you know, is there an explanation? Because, like, she yeah, she's you know, the love of Hulk's life for as long as Hulk has been a Hulk. And that's not addressed at all in the later films, uh, in, the, in the ensemble films. And nope, she lives. And I guess, you know, maybe I'm sure when I rewatch Avengers, I'm sure there's some line of dialogue in there, throwaway line where they, they maybe hand wave that. But I cannot for the life of me recall it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like the what pretty much the one thing it did was just, hey, it just established, hey, we have Hulk. We're going to use Hulk. Uh, you know, here's Tony Stark at the end, just to remind you that we're doing the ensemble thing. But uh, yeah, you know, none of the threads carried over, none of the other characters carried over. The the actor changed. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, if if someone in the lead up to Infinity War was like, okay, I want to watch the the critical MCU films, the ones that are the best and the ones that are the most story important, you could just absolutely, without question, skip over this one. That's one thing I'll be interested in as we keep this going and we keep rewatching them. Got to kind of keep my eye on, you know, especially especially phase one. Got to just watch these films and like, okay, their job is to establish the characters, but also I wonder how many threads are in these films that actually tie into the later ones. Which is actually interesting. William Hurt, who did play um, General Ross, was promoted to Secretary of State between now and Civil War in spite of unleashing two gigantic monsters on a city. So good yeah. for him. Yeah, that's quite well, you know, US politics. What are you gonna do? That is very true. Yeah. I actually thought the Ross character was one of the weaker ones. I, I would have thought he would have worked better as a character if he was just opposed to the Hulk based on the fact that the Hulk is gigantic and can murder everybody. As opposed to the whole I want to create super soldier stuff. Yeah, that's I mean that's the whole you know, Marvel the MCU trope of the majority of the villains just want to turn superhero X into an army of superhero X. Ah, you know, that's, in fact, I think this, I was saying this might be the first one, but I guess Iron Man is technically about a guy wanting to harvest that power for himself. Yeah. Like the end of Iron Man features two Iron Men fighting and the end of Hulk features two Hulks fighting. Yeah. Get get used to that. Everyone. The two Hulks fighting is a better scene. It it is actually. Yeah. I actually, I thought that, I thought the big climactic fight was, was, was pretty cool. I did like it. Uh, But I think that, I think that, trend continues all the way through to Ant-Man when they have the fight over the Ant-Man suit. I, I think that's how that movie ends. I can't remember. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it, that, that is, this, this is the archetypal solid Marvel film. It has, it has the same level of competency and the same good action, reasonable amount of charm. You know, no, none of these are superlatives. It's not, it's not great. Anything. It's not super anything. It's, but it's it's certainly not bad in almost any regard, and it's just it's just kind of very casually leaning on some of those tropes that that as we go through this series, we'll see are, are, are you know super prevalent. I was actually thinking about this because they were talking about like they they mentioned World War Two and Super Soldiers to lay some seeds for Cap. Yeah, and like Phase One was very militaristic when you, when you think about it, because like Hulk was opposed to the military, Iron Man had this whole military thing going on, and obviously Captain America is a war soldier. So it's yeah. like, there's, a, there's a lot of military stuff going through these films. You're right, actually, yeah. And it's it's almost... And I, I, I know there's a lot in Thor as well. I'm pretty sure there's you know soldiers investigating like his land site, stuff like that, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. But um, it's almost like comics themselves. You know, they, they start street level, for lack of a better term, but when they run for so long and they've run through so many ideas that just like the later phases of the cinematic universe, they have to start going to space and interdimensional stuff has to start happening. You know, so yeah, these early ones are pretty much just 
dudes fighting other dudes. Some of them got guns, you know? I was reading about, like, the history of Hulk stuff. And Hulk, like, unlike Iron Man, Hulk has had a lot of, like, TV shows and cartoons. There was, like, so in the 70s and 80s, there was some, like, TV movies that featured Hulk and Thor crossovers with Wilson Fisk as the villain. Oh, weird. I've never seen any of that. And Wilson Fisk was played by John Rhys Davies of Gimli fame. Weird. I've never seen this. I've never heard of this, actually. No, there were, were TV movies based on the original Lou Ferrigno show. Hmm. And they, they had Thor in it. Have you ever seen Good Luck Charlie, the Disney Channel show? No, no. Ah, oh, your lack of Disney Channel knowledge hurts my hurts me. I'm actually, yeah, I was a big Nickelodeon guy. I was not a big Disney Channel guy at all. Yeah, the dad in that show played Thor. Damn, what a, what a, I'm sure, you know what, these have to be online somewhere. I, I guarantee you someone had a VHS of this and uploaded it somewhere. That's on YouTube, no doubt. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wilson Fisk, wow. I know, and Daredevil in, in like random 80s Marvel films. Damn. I watched the 2003 film this morning, actually, the 2003 Hulk film. So what were your... So I haven't watched that since I saw it when I was, like, 10. So what were your prevailing thoughts coming away from that on its own and compared to this one? It's very ambitious. Okay. I th I think it tries to be more than a superhero film because it's Ang Lee directing it. Like, that's some pretty reasonable directorial heft. Absolutely. And it, it doesn't work. It's very long. It's tremendously dull. It's it's really not a good film. But you kind of admire its ambition because it was released in 2003, which was the same year Spider-Man was released, three years after uh, X-Men was released. X-Men mm. 2 was released in 2003 and like Daredevil would come after. And it, it does try to be a lot more artsy and kind of legitimate <laughs> compared to a lot of those superhero films. Yeah. But then it does run 26 minutes longer than the 2008 film. And it's just, nah, no, by the end, it's just like, no, I don't want to see Nick Nolte just shouting about how I want the Hulk's power. And yes, that is what that film is about. He wants the Hulk's power. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of somebody having some slightly more grandiose ambitions for a superhero genre. But I don't know if Hulk is really going to be your vehicle for that. Uh, it's a tough it's a tough character to to write, to give credit to all the people who've made lackluster Hulk efforts that I have maybe criticized. I I don't envy you, and I, I don't know that I could write a great Hulk film or story in any capacity. He's just, he is just a weird character. He, he's... Because, like, the core conflict is pretty solid. The idea that he is a man who does not want this power. So, you know, mm. there, there's some emotional stuff you can do with that. But then just when he turns into Hulk, it's, what do you do? Yeah. So we have any final thoughts on Hulk? The film was a modest financial success. It made 263 million off of a 150 million budget, which isn't great. And only slightly more than the 2003 film made. It's not great, but for a film that's somewhat unremarkable, I would say that's solid. Also, considering you have to compete with the fact that maybe the audience... When you think about it, it was only five years of the difference, which is not a lot. Uh, so... Maybe the audience is maybe feeling a little bit burned, maybe thinking there just can't be a good Hulk movie. You know, eh, whatever, it's easy enough. Overall thoughts of the film, better than my first viewing of it. Very competent, like I mentioned, like archetypal, middle-of-the-road, solid MCU film. Not bad, not great. Really, uh, really did not instill the feeling in me that we, we absolutely need more. Uh, I, I, I would happily have this be the one uh, solo Hulk film. If, if they were to do something with Hulk again outside of an Avengers film, I would, like, at the very least, want it to be a duo, like him and Thor or him and someone else. Like, just, I, I just think Hulk on his own is, is not super compelling as a as a film lead. And, and that was kind of my main takeaway from this. 
I think part of the reason this film might have uh, flopped financially was it was released just a month after Iron Man. Right. Which is not that much of a difference between the two films. So, Barry, yeah, before you go, fair. plugs. Uh, yeah, plugs. Uh, Chair Shot Podcast is, is my site, chairshotpodcast.com. You go there for, you know, more TV and movie reviews not relating to the MCU, wrestling reviews, you know, uh, Cruiserweight Classic, all that jazz, twitter.com slash the Barry Lead. It's where you can follow me for various, you know, musings on wrestling, games, films, you know, life, all that stuff. Uh, it's also where you can follow me for more updates on when we'll be back doing this, I guess. Yeah, for Iron Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>